Are you looking to level up your author business? Are you pounding your head against a wall, wondering what your next step should be? Then join me, Daniel Wilcox. And me, Sasha Black, as we haul ass each week in a bid to level up. Level up. Come along for the ride as we delve deep into the business of writing, craft, entrepreneurship, and every level of the author journey. This is the Next Level Author Podcast. Hello, Achievers. This is episode 93 of the Next Level Author Podcast, a podcast where we hold each other to account and track our step-by-step progress as we level up our author business. My name is Sasha Black, and here with me every week is... Daniel Wilcox. The only reason I got it right is because I had to look for comments. Otherwise, I wouldn't have had a fucking clue. Because when I opened Facebook, I was like, oh, look, we're nearly at episode 100. Put in. Months away from episode 100. Two months. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because seven weeks. Mm. So this is going to be a fun question. (laughs) How was your Christmas, Dan? How are you even going to answer this? I don't know. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I've been thinking a lot about how I was going to answer this question. And it's mental because this is the first fucking question. And it's normally like, arguably the easiest because it's just a general whatever. Um, but I, I always, I try and like be positive. And especially at the start of the year, I like to, you know, start with a bit of, a bit of sparkle, a bit of pizzazz. And Hashtag positivity number four. I've just realised as well, this is a slight little note on my side. I'm not on the right phone. There we go. That makes that better. And I'm on the right speaker now. So that should make sound infinitely better. Anyhow, so I I want to be honest. I want to be transparent. I don't want to like bump people out at the start of the year, but this is how my Christmas went. (laughs) I did not spend any time with my family and I did not see my son because of COVID, which I caught on what I believe to have been the 20th of December and I did not test negative until New Year's Day. And so I don't know what happened to Christmas. A lot of it was spent in isolation. Um, luckily, I, I was surrounded by some amazing people who helped me through. Um, but it was arguably the worst Christmas of my life because, you know, you have a kid and you want to spend those times with them. You want to spend Christmas, you want to spend New Year, you want to spend birthdays, you want to spend all of these like times with your with your child when you when you have them. And you know, not only am I a single father, so obviously Christmas is split each year and it swaps uh, either side, but I had none of the thing that really mattered to me. And like I've learned a lot of lessons from it because I worked my ass off through the beginning of December to earn myself a Christmas break so that I could spend it with my son. And life did not give me that. And so, you know, there's elements of newfound appreciation in certain ways. Like I'm, I'll go into it in a little bit, but like I'm reviewing a lot of what I do with my work and, and what I'm doing going forward because like it, that, that's not okay for me. That just hasn't been okay. Um, I, I managed to see my son on New Year's Day and then I was super paranoid that even though I tested negative on the COVID test that I was going to give it to him. And then you know, he's back at school this week. So I'm now terrified that he's going to pick it up at school and then be in isolation. And like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's rife in the UK at the minute. One in 10 people have it or have caught it in the last few days. And yeah, that's, that's my Christmas. That's, that's where I was at. So I am, um, I'm okay. Yeah. I just very much feel like I haven't had a break 
even though I didn't even though I did have a break I feel like I didn't have a break because emotionally it was exhausting yeah yeah I am so with you and tell me about yours Sasha yeah well I know I was just gonna say I felt for you during the Christmas holidays knowing what you were going through um and how awful it was and that there was nothing that anybody could do that was that's the worst thing like nobody could do anything about it you just have to write it out our Christmas was somewhat similar but shifted Mm. so we did get Christmas Eve we got Christmas day we got Boxing Day um and then on the 27th we went and saw Chloe's nan um and then on the 28th she started feeling not very well um she tested she was negative 29th she didn't feel very well she tested she was negative and then on the morning of the 30th she tested and she was positive now we are very privileged in that we have enough spare bedrooms for me and her to split up so she went into our main bedroom where there's an ensuite and locked herself Mm -hmm. in and didn't come out for eight days and um that was emotionally grueling I, I have learned a few things. Um, the first thing is I still really fucking love my wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, I know, right? What a lesson to learn. No, like I say it jokingly, but like you do, when you when you have like a husband or spouse or partner or whatever, you do sometimes take them for granted or yeah. you get irritated with trivial things that don't really matter. And it was torture. Like not only was it exhausting looking after Atlas and having to do all the house cleaning, and trying to keep my business going and all the rest of it um I was emotionally exhausted as well um and so so yeah so that that yeah I don't think I'm gonna moan about my wife for a really long time (laughs) Mm. Um, and then and then oh no now now I've forgotten what the other thing I was going to say because I learned some stuff and now I'm trying to think about what the things I learned were you know it's gone out of my brain now um well while we while you search for it yeah I would you mind if I did a public service announcement yeah (laughs) because having gone through COVID and the system and obviously granted the system in the UK is going to be changing massively in the next few weeks um I I found out some stuff that should be very very simple but just has not been expressed in a simple way through like at least the UK government why what is it turn off notifications go away um so what I discovered was and part of this I know anyway, and if you know this, like this isn't for you, this is for people that don't know. When you get COVID, you can be asymptomatic for six or seven days. Um, or you can have symptoms and keep testing negative on a lateral flow, which is why they say to book a PCR, because a PCR test basically is a much deeper dive into whether or not you are positive with COVID. And it can tell that either way. Through a PCR test, you can test positive for up to 90 days because it, yeah. it detects it in your system. So yeah. if you know you had COVID and then you test negative on a lateral flow, there's no point doing a PCR or to check that you're no longer negative, uh, no longer yeah. positive, a PCR is pointless. The lateral flow test is for infectiousness. So I tested negative on Christmas Eve. I clearly had picked up COVID on the 20th. So I'd had it for four days at that point. And then... On Boxing Day, I tested positive on both a lateral flow and the PCR test because the results came back. But so many people that I know are assuming that because they tested negative on a lateral, even though they've like been around a lot of people that are exposed, that they're instantly negative. But there's nothing to say that you can't test negative on a, a lateral flow and then three hours later test positive because you are COVID positive. You're just not yet infectious. So the lateral flow is 
an infectiousness test. Like if you want to keep your family safe, if you want to check that you're, you know, w- what stage you're at, it's the lateral flow. And it's amazing how many people I've spoken to that don't understand that. And even because I ended up phoning an NHS nurse because I could not find just straightforward information online that was useful. Yeah. And I said to her, if I'm testing positive on a lateral flow on day 10, which is the end of the isolation period, does that still mean that I'm okay to go? Because everyone that I know isolates for 10 days and then they just go out into the world. And she said, well, no, the actual rules are you're supposed to test um, two negatives within a 24 hour period or yeah. negative on that day 10. Um, and so, you know, essentially your isolation could be up to 12 to 14 days, but a lot of people are getting to day 10 and going, well, I'm clear now. And then going out and infecting more people. So just, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said, but I, for, for me, one big thing that I've said to quite a few people over the holiday period is why, why do medical people call everything by a medical name? Like call the lateral flow test, a COVID contagency test, make it obvious what it is so that people understand so that then the general public can do the right thing. Yeah. But yeah. So that's my, my soapbox. box. Um, have you, have you thought of any of your other lessons? Well, I didn't tell you any of them, but uh, I've forgotten. But you love your wife. That's one. Yeah, yeah but that wasn't what I was going to talk about. I can't remember. Mm. Anyway, oh well. Okay. Well, before we carry on, I do also have a nice little nugget for people that I've, I've been messaged this a lot over the last week of people that um, have heard this and have also heard what we've just explained. But I'm going to share screen. I'm going to share sound for a second. Okay. Um, and hopefully this comes across on the podcast. But here we go. A fun night on New Year's Eve, whatever that has brought. As, as we said earlier, it is the 17th of December as we record. So we have no idea what the next few weeks are going to bring. Anything has changed since last week. But how has your week been, Sasha? Oh, God. We saw family. Uh-huh. And <laughs> I um, love doing these. <laughs> yeah, right. So we saw lots of family. We um, did all of the traveling miles. And then the last few days, we've just chilled at home and we've played loads of games. That's and true. Uh, I've had some time with Atlas and I've read That's loads of books, true. completed my reading challenge. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so it's been it's been it's been really nice. It's been the relaxing break that uh-huh. I needed Not um, true. <laughs> but, you know I'm sort of still recovering from all the driving uh, and I can say that with absolute <laughs> knowledge because that's what I do every year those yep. first those Christmas days are mental every year because we drive 45,000 miles mm. um but yeah it's been good how about you how's your break? I want to go back and listen to this like <laughs> the day after and just see where that's at um yeah. yeah it's been good like I drank a bit too much Jack Daniels I fucking, <laughs> I fucking dropped my phone on the fireplace and smashed the screen <laughs> me and my dad's no longer talk and uh <laughs> yeah like that's that's oh, where it's yeah. at so and you no. got engaged and married in vegas did i holy yeah. shit wow yeah. well yeah. big big yeah. end of the year to me yeah. oh that's funny we'll leave that there uh, one of those things is true i'll let you decide which yeah and, and the funny thing is mine was pretty fucking accurate as well yeah. <laughs> that is hilarious i did read yeah. loads of books i did finish my reading goal i did play loads of games with atlas i had time with atlas like all of that is true. I got it right. I am yeah. a fucking psychic. <laughs> <laughs> and I did drink. <laughs> oh well, we we were but, yeah. almost there, weren't we? Yeah. There um, we go. Yeah. I it's gonna really annoy me because I had things I wanted to say and I, I can't remember what any of them are. I'm sure they'll mind. come back at some point. Yeah. Just shout them when they come. Yeah. Okay, so level up. Do we have a level up? Uh probably. <laughs> Look, I'm going to do a level up for somebody okay. who has not given it to us, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, 
so I'm, i might know fact, where you're going with this i'm gonna Maybe. do two i'm gonna do two this week so two patrons i'm not sure if they're patrons of nla as well i know one of them's a patron of nla i'm not sure if the other one is but two rebel patrons published their first book in the on the same day yeah so shane miller or sw miller um published his first book in the urban fantasy series and it's a fucking tome as well so congratulations to Shane and um Scott Williamson also published his first um anthology which he did following Dean uh, Dean Wesley Smith like he took a course to publish an anthology um and he just fucking did it on the sly as well like not didn't tell anyone until like the day it was launching and now like everyone's found out but yeah so really fucking proud of both of them uh big congratulations lads such a huge milestone yeah well fucking done Mm. and onwards onwards to world domination love that Mm. Mm. (laughs) speaking of patrons do we have any patrons Uh, we do we have jessica a mcmin I almost went again then, but Min. So, welcome to the tribe. You get access to um, all the episodes early, and you also get into our live Q and A's that we do every month. So, welcome, welcome, and thank you very much for your support. Yeah, welcome, welcome. Um, so, notices. Do you have one? Mm, no, because everything will be over by the time that this airs. Um, Apart from for patrons, I mean, so I am about to jump into my first arranged mastermind and there are a couple of spots left. So if anyone wants to uh, join us every Wednesday evening, UK time for the next three months where we level each other up and hold each other to account and really sort of try and break through the obstacles that people are facing, then head on over to activatedauthors.com forward slash mastermind. Excellent. Uh, thing that you've enjoyed this week? Um. So there's honestly, there has honestly been quite a few um, things that I enjoyed. One of them is that I finished Matthew McConaughey's Green Lights book, which... Um, interesting. Yeah, it was a real, it was a real interesting read because he's led just an amazing life. And uh, I, I don't know what it is. I, I have a kind of like fascination with American Deep South and the kind of, um blue collar working and the myths and the legends and sort of like the just the attitudes and things um not so much without getting into politics that side of stuff but just like the general sort of folklore and the magic of you know new orleans and texas and all that kind of um area and it's just interesting seeing someone who came from a very blue collar working family very very christian and rising into hollywood and he goes through a bunch of like he's, he's had a very interesting life um very very different sort of path to how I see life but it's just really interesting to read and notice a lot of the similar lessons that cross over no matter like where you come from no matter what you do there's always sort of um what's the word like universal rules of life that sort of transcend no matter what you're doing and it was a good read it was interesting um I don't think it's for everyone's flavor but for you know me who likes to see the behind the scenes and see people's life and see you know what it is that's make making them tick and become successful it was fascinating so very much enjoyed that excellent i have been watching the new gossip girl remake um i was very skeptical at first um i watched about five minutes of an episode a few months ago and was like why are they remaking it i don't know it's kind of so it's set obviously in new york still and there are references to the old characters 
Um, and a couple of the characters do make an appearance, but not the main ones, sort of some of the side characters make an appearance. Um, it was exactly what I needed. I'd forgotten how much I love Gossip Girl. Um, <laughs> and so that, yeah, there's like the new Gossip Girl and it's, I think, 12 episodes. And I've got, I think, maybe like one and a half episodes to go or maybe two episodes to go. So it's been mm. very good, um, very addictive. Uh, and yeah, and I've watched that over the last well eight days eight nine days but yeah loving it I think it's nice. it's so fun I just love that shit <laughs> yeah I'll tell you something else I've enjoyed as well just a quick one um I have basically uninstalled social media from my phone and I've also removed the Fitbit from my wrist because I'm tired of tracking and notifications and all the things that are stealing my attention I know we spoke about this before Christmas just how active you have to be to stop people stealing your time and so mm. I have wiped those out I'm looking at like very much different ways to promote my business and sort of you know keep putting stuff out there um but I'm doing like a whole re-evaluation of advertising and brand building and everything else that isn't going to be independent of social media that'll still be there but it's vastly reducing sort of my reliance on that as a tool so this is that so this is interesting because you've reminded me what one of my lessons was ah. I spent the last six months of last year trying to finish it so that I could start January with a fresh slate I didn't do that because I came into January and I've still got four major things that need finishing. The mm -hmm. anthology needs publishing, Trey needs finishing, Siren needs finishing, and there's something else. Anyway, and I was like, ah, so any planning that I'd done for this year is already fucked because <laughs> I've got to spend the whole of January mopping up all the rest of this stuff. And like when I came to, to start doing it, I was like, I've got fucking 600 emails again. Yeah. Obviously, I don't have 600 emails, but I've got tasks. I've got people wanting shit from me. I've still got bits of freelance. I've got little bits of this, that, and the other. And I'm just fucking done, Dan. I am done with all of it. Mm -hmm. So um, I, <clears throat> I really desperately want to write new stuff and I can't. And it's really pissed me off. Like I started this year... Um, Yes. So this was this was what it was also supposed to say. I started this year really low. Um, the first mm -hmm. few days of this year, obviously, I was also dealing with like Chloe being in quarantine and locked in a room having to deal with Atlas. But I mentally was really, really low. I was yeah. frustrated. I wasn't getting my new start. I was angry that I couldn't go and write words. I was pissed off that I had all of these trivial little tasks to do. Um, and yeah, I just wasn't happy about it. And um, that's not how I want to spend this year. So mm -hmm. um, I have told Chloe this and this weekend we are, I'm going to tell her all of the things and she is going to use her command and tell me what I need to stop doing and what I need to outsource because I am so blind to what I'm doing that I can't see the wood for the trees anyway. So yep. um, I, I have accepted the fact that I am going to have to take the whole of January to finish off stuff. Fine. Yep fine but it is not leaking into February um so yeah and and so there there are some things I'm going to be doing differently this year I'm definitely going to end this year set differently to the way that I started this year um mm. and just in a different a different position because I don't want to come into I I don't yeah I I just I can't, I can't, I can't. I feel you. I feel yeah. you. Like it's, it's the monster that we create. <clears throat> it, it, yeah. And I, I'm spending today doing pretty much the same thing. Like after this chat, I'm going to my favorite little coffee horn before I pick Bailey up. 
and I am basically scribbling all the things so that I can be really sort of strict and just cut out the shit. Yeah, and I'm outsourcing. Like yeah. I am actively going to outsource. I don't know how many hours my VA can take on, but I'm going to outsource the fucking shit out of my business because I just want to do the things that I want to do. So, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and I'm in the same boat as well. Like my, so I'm seeing my family this weekend um, and that's going to be like our replacement Christmas as it were um and I just don't feel ready to start the year until that's done so like I've been doing bits and pieces the last few days but I wouldn't count it as work like I've just been pottering and yeah I'm not I know I've done stuff this week I have I have done stuff but um exciting stuff too but no I yeah I don't feel like the year is going to start till February can we just start again in February yeah you can start whenever like I I generally like a long time ago um I don't pay credence to like it all starts Monday because that's the start of a fresh week like for me I'm I'm at a point in my life where it's like if I want to start the thing I'm going to start the thing no matter when it is yeah so I'm not I'm not massively tied into New Year's as like a way to propel yourself forward anymore because the way that I see it I should have like if I want to get that motivation to like lose weight or write more or anything else and I have that at the beginning of December that's when I start and I've done that before I've dieted over Christmas because I've started and I like, it shouldn't be an excuse to not do the thing that you want to do I am, I think, on day 11 of fasting hey. for that exact reason. Because I was like, mm-hmm. why would I wait till January? I'm just mm-hmm. going to fucking start. So I just, just did. Go. I just started. Yeah. 11 days. I've lost an inch and a half on my waist already. Hey. <laughs> I was like, fuck. Yeah. But a lot of that was nice. like sugar, like dehydration, like carb bloating, all of that stuff. So obviously mm-hmm. that's like, you know, now the hard work starts. <clears throat> nice. Also, I ordered a squat rack and a bench and we're converting the garage into a uh strengths thing because I was like I fucking hate cardio I hate it like I have got my spin bike in my office and I will use it sometimes but I'm not gonna like excessively use it because I don't actually enjoy cardio but when you do strength if you fucking work hard enough you get your heart rate up so like I was like and I I love strength and um so I'm going to fucking do that. So I have, I am, and like, it's half set up. I just need to get the squat rack on it and the th- other things getting delivered today. So then nice. yeah, ne- next week, I'm not, I am, it is going to be a next week, but only, or maybe the weekend, just cause I am still not hundred percent. I'm trying to pack Same. myself with yeah. minerals and stuff. Yeah. You. Okay. So comments, right. So how this is going to work, uh, we've got four episodes <clears> to cover. <throat> so we're going to pick a couple of um, comments from each one. I'm going to start because I have the earliest episode, which is episode 89. The yep. question was, what are you going to do for you in 2022? So Claire Hardacre said, um, as soon as Sasha Black said bubble bus, I was opening Facebook to tell you about lush bubble bars, but you're already on it. Love them so much. Can I just say, the Lush Bubble Bar is like my favorite fucking thing. They um, they say it only lasts like a few bars, but I think I've had, I don't know, I can get about 10 out of it, eight to 10 bars out of it. Cause I just like, wow. I cut it up. Yeah, literally. Like I like <laughs> cut it up into little sections and then just like crumble it, crumble a section in. But anyway, so that was that one. Uh, <clears throat> and then... Um, Kerry Hardisky said, in May, the weekend of my birthday, my best friend and I are traveling out of state to a medieval fair. Her cousin lives in that state. And I also invited a writing friend I've only seen online. So I'm pretty excited. We're already planning our costumes. Nice. I want to go to one of those. Episode 90. Episode 90 was our review of 2021. um, And we had Ember, who said, I made a lot of goals for 2021. I think I achieved half of them, which is a pretty good amount. 
Number one was to write and publish the Butterpond Mysteries trilogy, done. Uh, number two was to write the Leanne Chronicles, done. Number three, Financial Goals, missed. Number four, release four sets of planners, voided. Number five, Better Relationship with My Sister, going to consider it done, but continue to work on it, which I think is fair. Um, number six, Feel Good in My Body, done, but continuing to improve. Ida said, I just saw the episode on Behind a Week because of Christmas. First, thanks to Dan and Sasha for the shout out. Regarding the question, my main goal for 2021 was to publish, and I did, not with book one as I expected, which I've been there, but with an anthology that went live December 1st. Also in July 2021, I put a reader magnet on Book Funnel, and that has gotten almost 700 downloads, so that's kind of cool. And my other main goal was a personal one to get healthier, and I joined Orange Theory, and I really liked it. I have no idea what Orange Theory is, but I'm going to be Googling that after this. Um, and then just one more from the ever-immortal Edwin, who says, in the end, my goal was to keep my head above water, given 2020. In that respect, I've achieved my goal. I really did want to get my work in progress done and in the world by this time, but that has not happened. Okay, so episode 91 was, what are your goals for 2022? Claire Donnelly said, I'm taking it easy on myself as I'm having a baby in January. Um, and she's not the only person we know having a baby in January either. E- yeah. Um, and uh, so she's essentially saying she's not sure how much time uh, she's going to have, um, but have three novels ready for publication and begin releasing them by the end of the year. Continue to write and query agents with her children's books. Um, read 52 books in the year, focusing more on nonfiction. Get back on ice and more comfortable in my skates again, even if I'm not playing. Nice. Get my driver's license. <gasps> Ida um, said... Publish at least three books, join and write for at least three anthologies, write rom-com. Looking, looking, looking. Uh, Keep going to the gym and uh, grow like Facebook page. There's a couple of others on there as well. So, yeah. Nice. And then uh, episode 92, which was, what is your definition of success? Part two, revisiting one of our first questions. And Renee Gallant said, so question something we'll probably obviously touch on but i would like to hear a response oh wait so is this a question oh we might have to follow up on this one she asks what lessons you may have learned or if your beliefs and opinions about anything have changed in the last few weeks maybe we can turn that into a question in one of the coming weeks um michael nasberg says my definition of success is simple getting to leave my old nine-to-five job and not having to find another uh edwin says i've settled on a two-part definition Generate enough income from my writing to zero out by books and keep them above zero for future works and generate enough income so that when I retire from the bread and butter job, I am free to travel to cons outside the local area for networking and marketing purposes. And then final one from Meg, who says, great episode hearing how your definitions have evolved. Success for me is still freedom, legacy and peace at its core. So to briefly expand, making enough money to secure financial freedom now through my life and for those I love legacy because i want my fleeting time on this good earth to have some kind of point and leave a positive imprint upon others peace to find meaning in life inner contentment and belonging of course there's a lot more details that but these are what i'm seeking and growing towards and just to quickly add on um episodes 90 um we (laughs) we asked claire who had basically promised to leave her definition of bits and pieces in like a previous episode and she hadn't done it and she now has a huge post in there outlining all of the things so thank you for sharing that claire Awesome. Okay, so question of the week. Uh-oh. All right. So everybody says that self inserts are a really <clears throat> bad thing in fiction, but I don't believe that any book is free of um, pieces of the author. I think they are creations and products of our mind. So my question to you is what pieces of yourself do you put into your writing? 
murdering dogs on Wendigo erections. <laughs> Brilliant. Your turn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's amazing what people like pick out of your books, and that, that's the stuff that sticks. <clears throat> um, what pieces of myself have I put into books? Um, sort of taking what I just joked about and moving it into a more serious manner, not the Wendigo erections, we'll leave that to the side. <clears throat> but the so I write horror for the most part, and with horror comes a lot of touching on taboo subjects and things that essentially are reflections of myself. The best horror that I can write are the things that scare me. So I do have <laughs> a lot of people constantly reminding me that on multiple occasions I have harmed dogs in, in a book never in real life and and that's kind of my point like people are like well how can you write that how can you do that stuff and it's like if I'm writing horror that is like one of my worst nightmares I love dogs so to elevate and to explore the parts of my own psyche that I would hate that's a, a vein that I have to tap like there's a lot of stories that I've written about not necessarily like massive phobias of mine because my only phobia is floppy disk drives and they went defunct in like 2003 but God, is that just, true yeah um shut up no are you joking I, yeah. me no, you don't I like floppy disks. No. <laughs> Are you kidding? This is a no. joke. Are you joking? It's a, no, it's a genuine thing. Like no. you can ask any of my old friends from school. What? <laughs> you don't yeah. like floppy disks. It's just a no. square of plastic. No, it's not that. It's when you push them in and the fucking little door thing just like snaps <laughs> shut behind it. And I'm always like, I was always terrified that it was going to cut off my finger. <laughs> oh my God, this is the best episode ever. There you go. I'm just gonna get like bombarded with like pictures of fluffy this <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, luckily I've not seen one in I don't know four years. Um anyhow, so like with, with the horror, there is a lot of stuff there that has to come from what I perceive to be scary in order for me to write the fear in an organic way that will then translate to other people. Um and like you say, it's not something that I ever um Oh, excuse me, the, the COVID coughs come when I talk about it at the minute. <coughs> um, it's not something that, you, that I often consciously put into the work. It's stuff that kind of comes organically because when I write horror, I'm writing for me and I'm trying to scare myself. And um, by proxy, <coughs> that then scares other people, um, hopefully. Um, but there, there have definitely been sort of uh, demons that I've exercised in terms of people that I've hated, um, people that like have upset me in some way, people that I've loved and you know have put them into books in particular way like you can't write a character who is for example motherly and matriarchal and caring and giving without thinking of the ways that someone has given that to you like it it, it all comes from that emotional experience whether we know it or not but like that's what informs the writing that we make and that's what helps it connect with other people um there was I've changed their name in When Winter Comes, but in the early drafts of When Winter Comes, one of the, the bad guys was named after and sort of based on um, a guy that I once went to school with that a couple of years later then tried to mug me. Like, yeah, arsehole, <laughs> definition of arsehole. And like, I hadn't seen him in like three three years at that point. And then him and his group of friends just like found us in an empty street and started like trying to mug me and my friends. Um, long story I could go into, but I won't, but... So there are elements of him in one of the characters. And originally the name, the first name was the same name. And then I was like, no, I, I need to remove that because although I don't speak to him, I don't you know, know what they're doing these days. Like it's just for me, I just don't want that as a constant reminder. <clears throat> but <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah, I think, you know, in 
it, it's easier to say in nonfiction because obviously in a, a lot of nonfiction for me, I try and put like my own personal stories, my own voice, my own experiences directly onto the page. But like you say, with fiction, it's you 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 can't separate that even like so one um piece of research that i did years ago was i was going to do my dis- dissertation on um jrr tolkien and <laughs> there's um, a surprise <laughs> well yeah and the fact that the urukai in lord of the rings were basically his version of hitler's ubermensch which is you know the overman or the, the superman because hitler at the time was trying to create a super aryan race and in <clears throat> the lord of the rings saruman creates this super force of orc and other creature to make like the perfect army and there's so much online in interviews where those comparisons have tried to been drawn and he expressly says no that's not a factor but like that's the whole point of like the unconscious you can't definitively say and stuff like that's going to impact what you're writing about like um i'm sure at some point like a pandemic and you know the what I've learned over the last nearly two years is going to somehow inform a story that I've write. Cause I've written virus stories before I've written post-apocalyptic things where contagions get out and different things happen. Um, but the next time I write it, it's likely going to be much more informed on real life experience. Um, so yeah, I think there's a whole mix of it. Like I, I definitely like the places that interest me the most. I try and put in there and I can't say that I've been to a lot of these places. Cause a lot of the places that I write about tend to be the places I haven't been to. Yeah. because i i really struggle to write places that i do know because i get lost in the accuracy i know it's a weird one okay. <clears throat> i tried to write um a story that was based in lincoln where i used to live and i just got bogged down in the details i just like well that's not there that wouldn't exist oh but they need to understand that this is there to do that and it was just too much whereas when i write about far away places that i can just get like a general scope of i can then build that world myself um so yeah what's going back what's the specific wording of what you just asked because i'm trying to work out if i've answered it or not what pieces of yourself do you put into your writing well there you go then my fears um my ambitions the things that i love i try and even though i write horror i very much try and pull out the hope and humanity and you know fight and will for survival that humans have in desperate situations that's mm. something that i just love exploring so in essence i guess a lot of a lot of my horror comes from optimism it comes from putting people in an awful situation but then my focus is on how do they survive how do they pull together if they do in a way that is heroic and believable so that you know if anything ever catastrophic does happen like that i'm like prepared and informed as best as i can be to get myself out of that situation so yeah there you go I like it I I think the thing you're saying about optimism I think that comes from your hashtag number four positivity yeah um and I think the interesting thing is even though you I don't know how much you'll agree with this but I definitely am a meliorist so I definitely have hope and faith in humanity that we can stop being a bunch of assholes um mine's falling (laughs) um so i i'm not wildly i don't have positivity and i learned last night in a becca uh talk that most people who are dominant in influencing strengths do not have positivity because we live a life in pain a lot of the influencing strengths find pain generative and because we have such big wants 
and desires that we're chasing or like competition goals or like significance impact goals um and it takes a long time to get there we live a, a lot of our life in pain and so that doesn't gel well with positivity like obviously there's a huge long explanation behind it i'm distilling it mm. down into very simple terms um but that said i also think my influencing strengths do give me this um driving meliorism that kind of forces me on in in the stubborn faith that I can do the thing that I'm gunning for and so yeah I definitely think we share that and I definitely even when there are like stories that you know loved characters die or whatever I still try to have hope in there mm -hmm. I def like and and so that I do like happy endings I really don't like unhappy endings which is why <laughs> I don't like horror <laughs> but anyway no I know that you guys have some happy bits in there hope or whatever but anyway um so I find this question really interesting because I almost think that we are the worst people to judge the parts of ourselves that we put in because we can mm -hmm. think that we've put stuff in and then other people will be like ah, you know and I know that like in keepers uh some people sort of said to me oh like turns of phrases I can hear like when one of the characters says this it's, yeah. I can definitely hear that you would have would say that which I think is you know inevitable that is going to happen because we have language and we have dialogue and you know to some extent uh unless you've got a character with very very voicey dialogue and kind of narration that is going to happen um but yeah I think the thing that I think I put in is much more philosophy based like much more like value based like and of course there are going to be you know like your villain characters are not going to have the same philosophies or values as you but there are definitely little pieces of philosophy or values that I think I do put into characters um but yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's always an interesting like and and like you also, I am very location based, but I do like to put in the locations that I visited. Yeah. Um, and that so that definitely like so for example, I did I've trekked up to Mount Everest base camp and the Himalaya, that trip very much influenced like the northern region in my books. Mm. So it's like a mountainous, very cold mountainous region. And even though it's not like for like like I definitely put stuff like there's a scene with a glacier uh in Trey book three um where the main character and another character is sat by a glacier and like it is that what that was very much based off of something that I had experienced and mm. so yeah definitely there are things I think that um we use as inspiration but they get changed and warped and to, yeah. to fit whatever the story needs but yeah like I just think it's an interesting one because people make out like self inserts are a really bad thing and and Who? whilst I'm sure <laughs> put in who says that <clears throat> just people you know <laughs> and I think that you know of course if you're going to just dump yourself in then it's a memoir it's not fiction mm. but I think that everybody puts pieces of themselves into their stories whether they realize it or not even it's if impossible it's impossible not to exactly it's a product of your imagination it's a product of your subconscious and your conscious and yeah there are definitely things in there that I think that we we do do whether we want to uh, acknowledge it or not and well, I know a... that not everybody will agree with me on that but tough is my opinion well there's a reason <laughs> that no one can write the book that you can write like exactly. we 
we live our own lives. We've learned our own things. We've had our own experiences. We see life through a lens, even if we live together with someone like your experience going back to before you met them is going to be vastly different to theirs. And that shapes who we are. And we all, you know, <clears throat> you and presumably your peers will have common things that you all share and all that kind of stuff, but you are your own person. So this is why they say like, if you were to put an outline for one book in front of someone and the same outline in front of the other person, it's going to be two different stories because yeah. you're, you are inserting your own life experiences, what you think is good, what you think is bad, what you think just in terms of how you construct the prose and whether it's sort of like massively descriptive or very sort of minimalist and based in dialogue. You, it's just, you can't say, in my opinion, <laughs> you can't say that no one's ever self-inserted or like the people that say that self-inserting is bad will undoubtedly have put themselves just maybe not consciously yeah yeah and I, I don't I don't in any way see that as a bad thing because I think for me the best stories that I read are the ones that really dig into the human experience and make you feel an emotional resonance with that character yeah. and that only comes from realistic situations even if you're writing fantasy there's still a touch of humanity that goes on between two characters when they're sat by the campfire and for me that's the stuff that that bonds the reader to the writer yeah so darling um i have realized we have made a grievous mistake because think, yeah yeah the next bit we're supposed to talk about is our quarter one challenge and <laughs> we have not spoken about the quarter one challenge no well we haven't rounded up the quarter four challenge yet so. okay so quarter four challenge i was supposed to read 30 books in the quarter i did that i did more than that in the end um, I was supposed to do a logo for the thing, which I did create a plan for a series of masterclasses. Yeah. Um, edit accepted anthology stories. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, move house. Yep. Sorted, activated authors, 2022 calendar <coughs> action. First two months of content done. Dictate a novel done. Dictate a short story. Done, done, done. Um, and I have put a post up now on the Facebook group and people have started putting in whether or not they've completed their, their challenges themselves. Um, just as a reminder, there were three surprise prizes that will be coming to three of the people who have completed their things. And um, once we'll probably give them a few more days, because I think they only went up two days ago. Well, I was going to say, I think next week we should do a proper roundup. Who got it? Who didn't? Who gets the prizes? And, and then a launch quarter one. Yeah. Works perfectly for me. Works so, yeah, make sure that if you yeah, if you put anything in the original post, make sure that you get involved in the results post so that you can stand a chance of winning some cool prizes. Which I will actually send on time this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, OK, so audience question of the week is what pieces of yourself do you put into your writing? And we will see you next week. Bye bye. Happy New Year and bye bye. Hungry for more? If you enjoyed this podcast, you can hear more of my angelic accent and Dan's dulcet tones on our other podcasts. For more of me, check out the Great Writer Share podcast. For more of me, listen to the Rebel Author podcast. We'll be back next week holding each other to account as Dan and Sasha become next level authors. Right, motherfucker. We're back in town. Mm, mm, mm. We're back in town. I don't know what I'm singing. <laughs>
is, is that where we go with it? Is that how you yeah. want to start? This is how MLA 2022 starts. Yeah, baby. This is 2022. Welcome to 2022. The the love child of 2021. My favourite meme is like the one that's like everyone walk into 2022 real fucking quiet. Nobody say anything. Nobody do anything. <laughs> how does King Wenceslas like his pizza? I don't know. Eat pan Chris and even. <laughs> what? Eat, Eat pan Chris even. And I get it. Oh, it's fine. We'll just move forward. Welcome to 2022. <laughs>